river's full of hope. I've got the urge to walk the prairie and chase the antelope. Aspen's gold on snow-capped peaks, the elk call me away. I can't keep my mind on working on this fine September day. I've got Nimrod neurosis, longbows on the brain. I'm a down podcast. going on, Bob? No, not much, man. We... We're back. Sorry, everybody, for taking a little bit of time off. Been a little busy. So, uh, yeah, we're back. We just recorded an awesome podcast about some Alaska adventures with uh, our good buddy Carson and Mike Harris. So hopefully you guys will enjoy it. Hopefully everybody's uh, hanging in there with the world being shut down and everything right now. Yeah, I know. It's weird with Oregon being... I know pretty much the whole world, I mean, everything's shut down and social distancing and all this uh, stuff. Um been like a good chance to spend time with our kids. I know uh, it's a different dynamic when you have one versus three, but I'm trying to figure out how to get these kids out more, get them to do more stuff. Yeah. And, uh, no school. Yeah, I don't know that they're even going to be going back to school. And I mean, hopefully, hopefully we're going to have a hunting season. But but uh, yeah, we got uh, we had our favorite wing nut Carson Brown on, and good buddy of ours, and uh, love that guy. So much fun to be around, and he gets into an epic adventure over uh, up north in Alaska on a do-it-yourself float trip for moose and those guys risk their lives all in the name of adventure and um they tell some good stories on here and somewhere along the way we talk carson into giving away a dozen sherwood shafts to our patreon supporters and he even throws in i believe a 15 percent discount for all our patreon supporters <laughs> yeah uh, for sherwood shaft yeah so uh, uh it, that's awesome. We'll see. I think he had a few drinks, so we'll see if he regrets that later, but uh game on, huh? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. He'd been drinking and I think he he said he was going to do something. I think it was less, but he he was so generous, so you guys should take advantage of that. I know that uh, he said he's sold a lot of shafts during this uh pandemic and sounds like it's a good time to uh, you know, st- put some stain and some seal on some Doug Fur and get them uh, flying down range and yeah we hope uh, everyone's being safe out there and shooting their bows a bunch and dreaming about this year's bow season. You know if if you're laid off right now and times are tight, nothing cheaper than what's a dozen w- wood shafts now thirty forty bucks. You get a dozen arrows. Yeah, you got time at home to do all the all the beauty making wood arrows. So. uh Give Carson a call, get some Sherwood shafts. If you don't make them up like I do and you don't want to spend all that time, just call Andy at Addictive Archery and have him make them up. But yeah, Carson is, uh, he is hilarious and always a good time. And they do make some sweet, sweet arrows. So it's a pleasure having him on and, uh, getting to meet him. And, and you'll learn that you can, you can go on adventures for like, I mean, literally next to these guys just take the bare minimum <laughs> and go yeah. on adventures. So, I mean, you know, uh, don't let, uh, don't let, uh, 
all this techie gear fool you. Some of the stuff's nice to have, but you, you don't have to have every single piece of gear to uh, go out and make uh, memories. So yeah, yeah we sure. hope you guys enjoy this one. Yeah. And once again, uh, you know, support all your local organizations uh, and your national organizations. And we appreciate uh, your guys' uh, sticking with us through these uh, times of dry deserts content supporting but we will uh we'll do our best to put out some uh some better stuff uh here this year so look forward to it you guys got together for a wild wet adventure it sounds like this uh last fall yeah yeah it all uh it all started at that compton really um just bsing around yeah, Mike. campfire drinking beers and Mike's like, you should come hunt moose in Alaska this fall. I'm like, yeah, that'd be awesome. But, you know, I can't afford that. I can't, I can't go to, you know, I've never been to Alaska. I don't know. He's like, no, we could do this and save some money doing this. You know, if, if I'll line all this up, I'll do all the work. And, and, uh, he, he kind of did everything on the cheap and did a lot of all the leg work to line it all up. And so it was like, I mean, I went from, day one like who's this guy that just invited me to go hunt alaska with him that i just met and then uh to like day two or three of confidence like we're like kind of making plans and uh when what was it like july or august when uh i i think we were originally talking about the following year and then there ended up being an opening is that that's right yeah so like late uh, summer you called me up and said it could go this year and it's like well you know sound like a great opportunity and we were able to do it on the cheap that was so didn't say no (laughs) yeah but i guess when i imagined a moose hunt in alaska i i don't know i guess i was thinking like you know starting to push like seven eight nine grand and i don't yeah well it can be feel like did it for less than half that Oh, yeah. Well, and you know, so many people are intimidated to come to Alaska. They're like, oh, my God, it's so far. And, and, you know, most of it is, you know, people don't, you know, they're not familiar with it. And they they don't, yeah, it does take a lot to figure out all the logistics yeah. and all that stuff. But I man, never would have been you, able to figure once, all that out. Once you got it figured out, man, you can, you can make it work. <laughs> It yeah, I, I, it's way it more out. doable than I than I thought, um, and uh, and and I thought I needed all this like you know like my gear wasn't going to be good enough for uh, Alaska you know like as soon as I started thinking about it, like oh I'm losing it in Alaska like, <laughs> I got to get like some new gear stuff and uh, like it's Alaska it's not it's not I mean it's wet but it's not it wasn't that cold. Um, you you guys want to know, know where where Carson you guys want to know where Carson went to to shop for his uh, pre moose hunt last minute gear run yeah he went to the freaking thrift store and (laughs) he bought some purple like old i don't like 1970s wool pants and uh it was a dense it was a dense nap wall they're good but they're a little tight (laughs) (laughs) they were my drying out in camp pants is what they ended up being uh, I think that was the only yeah, time I, I, I actually, I actually ended up wearing them one night 
when all my shit was soaked. <laughs> I forgot about that. Well, I had to wear a pair of your pants before he left because I cut my leg with a broadhead and it cut my pants and your mom offered to sew them up. She like, your mom sewed up like all of our gear before we left. Like there's four guys on this trip. Justin Miles were the other two guys, father and son. And, and we're all at Mike's house getting all our, our gears. They exploded in the garage. Miles and I are sleeping in the garage. And I pulled an arrow out of one of the foam targets we're shooting. And I, my, it was an old arrow of my dad's and he had sharpened a back uh, bevel on the backside of a Zwicky Delta. And I didn't, I didn't catch that. I just like shot a few of them into the sand pit and was like, "Oh, these fly great!" And and uh, hadn't, hadn't hadn't touched them up yet. We were shooting them into foam. But I'm leaning into this foam target and had to pull it out. This is no, uh, this is no Reinhardt here. And uh, <laughs> you know, you got to lean into it. And I pulled this broadhead out, and it just slices across my thigh and cuts a hole in my wool pants. Like, damn it, not a good way to start. But uh, Mike's mom was awesome. She patched us up. What what else, Carson? Did you find from the thrift store last minute? Uh, I well, that that was a score. Justin got like really nice suspenders. Is like I can't remember what they were, but he's like I've been looking for these for like ten years, and they're like perfect. And then I can't remember what else I scored. I think it was like a belt that was a little bit narrower that fit my wool jean, fit the two different wool pants I had. You know, the loops are sometimes narrower on the military pants, and then. Uh, but the thing about that store against the one wall, it was the creepiest thing I'd ever seen. It was a <laughs> series of, remember that? The Barbies in plastic bags yeah. hanging individually from hooks. It was like a, like a four by eight section of a wall with just naked Barbies with their clothes down in the bottom and they were in, in uh plastic bags. <laughs> it was the creepiest <laughs> thing I've ever seen. Uh, ladies, ladies and gentlemen, Carson Barrow. <laughs> oh, sorry, guys. I'm on a tear lately. Oh. Uh, yeah, that's funny. Yeah. Bob, I want to hear yeah. about where where have you... How, you've been going all over the place shooting bows and arrows with your daughter. And... Yeah, yeah. Well, we're, we're on uh, lockdown. It's the, the pandemic, so... Nothing else we can do, right? <laughs> the apocalypse. Yep. Pre-apocalypse. Crazy. <laughs> crazy times. Crazy times, man. Right that's for sure. So hopefully they can get this stuff figured out. And doesn't last too long. Yeah, well, we so. haven't done a podcast in like two months, huh, Bob? Yeah, it's been a little while. We've been getting a lot of heat from our listeners, so. Yeah. I think man, more than I anything else. I'm just waiting. <laughs> That's what had me worried most about the world ending. Yeah. No track yeah, left podcast. Trad quest. <laughs> trad quest blackers. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, we've been taking care of family. But uh, we got to yeah. keep it rolling. So we've been busy, man. It's not like we haven't been trying. It's our, James and I both have really strange schedules, <laughs> and they just have not been driving lately. So. We talked to you guys about doing this right after you got back months ago. <laughs> and here we are, finally. <laughs> again. Yeah, it's yeah. been a, fun to revisit it now. It's been a little while. It, it, uh, it really is. Like, you know, yeah, our minds are fresher and everything right after, but, man, I I just, I love re reliving it, you know? <laughs> Heck, yeah, that's what, this time of year, that's what everybody's doing, right? They're 
dreaming about next season and thinking about last season and planning trips. So it's a good time to get you guys. Yeah. I think everybody, especially all us down here from the lower 48, we were always dream about Alaska. And then it seems like when you make the jump finally like Carson and, you know, then all of a sudden you're going all the time. And I know Carson's already got another trip planned. So uh, that's good. To, yeah, uh, he does to plan. A little inspiration for sure. A couple uh Oh yeah, the hillbilly like Carson can do it, right? I'm telling hey, you, like, you don't need a thousand dollar tent. The best tip I can give you, you don't need a what was how much did your tent cost, Mike? Sorry, mine. Uh, so I, I'm yeah. part of Sawtooth, and it's like a thousand bucks, you know. And you guys were all wet inside because all the condensation. And I had a piece. I'm sorry, that's the truth. And. If you go to a masonry supply place, you can buy a roll for 120 bucks, and it's enough to make about, I don't know, I think 10 of these things uh, with some to spare. You just cut out a length of it, whatever size you want. It's it's a disc queen, but it's uh, fiber reinforced. Think of like fiberglass packaging tape. It's got this grid work of uh, super light, um, the grid work of the, the fiberglass fibers in there. Anyway, you can tie a cheap spin knot in the ends and just run a ridge line. So you need some rope for a ridge line, but rope comes in handy when you're um, we had to we had to line the rafts out a lot, and so having that length of rope was real handy for that. Um, anyway, there's there's ways you can do it without spending a whole lot of money to do it. Mike Mike doesn't care; he's got a bunch of money, but <laughs> <laughs> so I just I wish you just slept under that piece of visqueen the whole time Carson oh yeah so it was way oversized it might not have shown in a picture I didn't Mike took all the pictures Mike I thought I was going to take a disposable camera and it drowned day two and uh, <laughs> and it, it is, so it's way oversized you've got like a ground cover piece Wait, that's I'll, maybe I'll go back a second. Uh, do they still make yeah. disposable cameras yeah um <laughs> They're kind of pricey, but uh, I, I brought two or just one. I think two, and uh, I just—I don't know if I ever would have got the film developed anywhere. I don't know if anybody does that, but they sell the cameras still. <laughs> but it took a crap after our first man. We should we talk about that first? Well, hang on. Our first let get finish, down the I river. I want to finish the the visqueen the your visqueen tent real quick. So. It, yeah, let's finish the gear. Let's get the gear out. out, 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 out and quick, then we'll quick, talk quick. about okay. the adventure. So you slept under the yeah. Visqueen tarp, and that was good? Yeah, and then Miles joined me. The first night I slept by myself, and I was like, this sucks. And uh, they're all three of them cozied in there, and then there's that got too crowded for them. And then Miles joined me in my tent. And we, there's plenty of room. It's a big, oversized ground cloth. Uh, and then you have, like, you know, just way more than enough Um cover that if the wind starts coming in you know rain coming from the sides and stuff it's, it's not going to hit you you just use your ridge line to lower it way low to the ground you know you got to crawl in there and whatnot and and uh it, and it's not the easiest to change your clothes in when it's that down tight but you're not doing a whole you know when it's raining that hard you're not you're not doing anything yeah, but just so, laying in your sleeping bag so so like like gear wise um Carson, Miles, and Justin are are all three. They're, I mean, I'm kind of this way too, but not near as much. They are like, think of think of 
you know, Jay Massey, Doug Borland, and Dick Hamilton going on a float trip, they probably looked pretty similar with all their gear from, you know, like the, the 70s. <laughs> and, uh, uh, I've got, I've got uh, some pretty lightweight, uh, expensive stuff, you know, like the modern equipment, and yeah. the wraps and, yeah. <laughs> and things like that. Which which it helps out a lot for for you know weight wise for floating down the river and and, and flying into where you're going to start and all that kind of stuff. But it, it was really interesting, like in my garage to be you know to start out when everyone's got their gear laid out and I'm I'm trying I'm, I'm trying to get these guys to realize like hey we got to be light you know first of all we got to have limited trips flying in there uh, with our gear and then we got to float down this river and if we get a moose or two we got to be able to put the meat on there so i i was stressing trying you know and and like uh justin he used to be a guide in montana uh you know a long time ago and but they always use horses and everything and and so he's super knowledgeable and 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 uh a really handy guy but some of their gear was just it was like a little bit heavy for what i was thinking and um and uh anyway we go ahead did you throw did you have to throw any other shit out of the plane (laughs) (laughs) no we did have to take one extra trip though (laughs) did did, did you bring a cast iron sink or skillet no i did not bring i am very proud of how well so he, Mike is speaking specifically about uh, uh, Miles and Justin with the overweight gear thing. I was pretty good. I was pretty good. Uh, that, he was. But he, to he speak did, about he how... He had to wear my clothes when he... He had to wear my clothes prior to the hunt because he brought so uh, little clothing. <laughs> well, that was the most restrictive part was getting going through American Airlines. I'm cheap, and I didn't want to pay for another check bag. And so I didn't take a whole lot up there. But... That hatchet I brought was heavy, but it, that's pretty much, I don't know. I mean, that could have been the difference of uh, having to call an emergency pickup or not. That thing came in handy getting firewood. It was handy. Uh, and, and Justin, it's this big, heavy-headed old hatchet, and I used to use it for, you know, roughing out a self-bow. But I, so last minute, you know... Um, Mike's like, do you have a good camp axe? This is like two days before I got to fly up there. I'm like, uh, I don't know, you know, and I found that carving axe, and it's like, but I don't have any, uh, I don't have a sheath for it. And so I, but I had plenty of veg tan leather and some lacing type stuff and leather tools, but I just ran out of time, so I just threw that stuff in there, <laughs> took it up to Mike's, and Justin, like, I was kind of beside myself, like, I don't know how to stitch up an axe, you know, sheath, what the hell am I doing Justin took it, and, like, about an hour later, he had this beautifully fitting, like, it looked like it was professionally made the way it folded over and tied in, and he put he put my initials on it. I'm like, okay, we're going to be good on this hunt. This guy, we got some resourceful folks on this hunt, so. Yeah, Justin's and, uh, super handy. So the, uh, the flight in, Mike, you were saying um, you had to take an extra trip. Are you... Are they charging by the hour? Yeah, so I, I kind of I went through a guy I know uh, that he, he flew us in. Well, first of all, we started in you know out of Anchorage. We 
we took a regular charter to um, a pretty well-known or, you know, a, a well-used airstrip mm-hmm. to get us close because the guy that I was using to get us all the way out there, it was in a Super Cub, and that's only two a two-seater, you know, and mm-hmm. you, gotta, you can only take one guy out at a time. So it, it saved us time and money to get a good portion of the way there. So we took two Cessna 206s um, out to this uh, little airport, and then uh, – um, and then we had our buddy meet us there and he brought a bunch of extra fuel and stuff. And then he just took us one at a time, uh, into the valley that we were going to float nice. plus and, a gear run. <laughs> and that, and the, the plane trip, those are the, that's the most expensive part, right? The oh, absolutely. Rides. Yeah. Yep. Well, Everything what else was the tag? Is pretty much a thousand nine hundred for a moose tag. Oh, or, man, or no? I, I was it was that the, license and tag a thousand? I, I I get I, I keep forgetting that state. you guys have to pay for tags. Yeah, <laughs> so, residence yeah. is like ten dollars. Non-residence like eight hundred. <laughs> well, no. So a res a resident tag is actually free. <laughs> oh, perfect. Uh, but uh, Persistence. well, no, I, so, it's just they I, just give them out. Is this a spot that you've hunted before? Like, how did you guys choose a uh, said oh, man. Uh, river to float? So this this particular body of water, um, my buddy had actually showed it to me on a map and been like, hey, you know, this might be something to float someday. And I looked at it and looked at it. And, and see, I'm always looking at maps and, and researching things to try and find, like, floatable rivers and creeks that are not going to have a ton of other people on them. And I could not find any, um, I couldn't find anything on anybody ever floating this, this river, like at all. Um, and I looked at maps and I looked at imagery and I actually flew over it in the summertime, in the early summer and looked at it, and I was like, man, I think we can do this. Like, yeah, there's going to be some tight spots, but I think we can do it. And, and, you know, let me just say, I've only done one other (laughs) float hunt in my life, (laughs) and I don't have a ton of experience. No matter how much research you do, there's just not – nothing can compare to actually getting experience doing it. And uh, we found out why no one – you know, why I couldn't find anything on anybody floating it. (laughs) But in Mike's defense, it was moosey. There was moose sign everywhere. Uh, it's a little different. I listened to some other podcasts, moose hunting. It sounds like there's a little more open country, a little more opportunity for, you know, spotting them. This is a lot of calling and thick, thick. Uh, uh, what we call down here in the Willamette Valley, gallery forests along the riverbank. So it's just really thickly forested along the riverbanks, and then it's just steep up Willow. out of there, and it's just the hillsides covered with um, alder willow down in the bottom, cottonwoods, and then it took us a while well, to get and, down the river far enough to get the spruce. Uh, but that's yeah. kind of getting off. The, but but in, in, so we all knew that that this was a gamble. We weren't, none of us going up there were like oh, expecting some sort of a guided cabin moose hunt. We all were kind of like, this sounds like a hell of an adventure. Let's give it a go. This is going to be a, a seven-day float trip with two rafts. Two weeks. No, so, yeah, it's, 
six, yeah, 14 or 16 days. I can't remember, but uh, we had three rafts. Um, but the idea was started with three rafts. Well, the idea was that because um, I, I have these really like lightweight rafts that are built. They're built by Pristine Ventures up in Fairbanks, and um, they're they're designed specifically for float hunting. And you know they're they're pretty narrow and everything, but they're they're designed to have a bunch of weight in them and all kinds of stuff. But the idea was that me and Carson, especially since well, let me back up a little bit. Uh, Miles and Justin had the most volume of gear <laughs> out of everybody. So, and Justin is definitely afraid of water. So, um, oh yeah, Justin is he, definitely afraid of flying in airplanes and water. <laughs> This guy, yep. <laughs> talk about facing your fears. Oh, oh. Yeah. So, so anyway, me and Carson, I have three rafts. One is a like a little bit bigger. One is kind of a medium size, and one's a really small one. And so I figured that me and Carson could go in the medium size one with our gear. Justin and Miles could go in the bigger one with their gear, and and we could leave the small raft packed up and deflated and put it on the bigger raft. And then if we killed something, we could inflate the smaller raft and, and, you know, I could jump in that and help spread out the load for the meat. Um, but uh, we ended up having to use uh, multiple rafts uh, pretty much from the get-go because of the water conditions. Um, but uh, yeah, that, wasn't that a super dry? Yeah, sorry, James. So water conditions meaning, does it sound like you guys had some serious water condition issue? Yeah. So to begin with, so it was a really dry summer and, uh, I was a little bit worried about having water that was, that was deep enough to float. And you end up, you know, if that's the case, you end up dragging a bunch and you got to be careful about killing something and, and, you know, not being able to get it out of there and all that kind of stuff. So when we were flying up there, um, I was looking at the water and I was like, man, it looks pretty low. <laughs> I'm not, I, I was pretty nervous, but as soon as we landed, it freaking started raining and we ended up from like low water conditions to flood conditions just like that. And, uh, yeah, that, uh, <laughs> That, those mountain rivers, we were up at the top of this thing. We we're at the head of this thing. There's a glacier right around the yeah. corner. And, you know, it starts misting, sprinkling the time we were dropped off. And then it rained that night. And then it rained all day the next day while we were out hunting. Then we get back to camp and water's coming up. Like little streams are just popping up everywhere around this little gravel bar. We're forced to camp on the gravel bar because the brush is so thick uh, leading up to the edges of the hillside. And the hillside same story just just thick with all the brush and so we're forced to camp on this nasty silty gravelly bar and then we just watch uh, the water come up all around us there's just little tiny rivulets everywhere surrounding us you know we of course picked the highest ground we could on there to begin with but it was just like becoming these little islands and so we got up at what four in the morning the next this like day first day, day two first full day yeah, yeah. Well, so so day, second full day. I, I call yeah. Day one is when we flew in there. Day two we actually hunted, and 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 you know you got to think. Here I am. I'm super stressed out because I don't. Uh, I'm just looking at the water and stuff. I don't know. I was just 
like, oh, my God, what, you know, what did we potentially get ourselves into or what did I get everybody into? And uh, Miles and Justin, they're – like, Miles is kind of a warrior. I was in the Marine Corps with him and stuff, you know – uh, I, I lived with them for a while in Montana, and he's he's always like a warrior, like you know, thinking ahead. And Justin is kind of a a little bit of a pessimist sometimes too. <laughs> and uh, and then you got Carson, who's like just doesn't care about anything. He's just like, oh my god, everything's great. <laughs> and uh, well, uh, can we talk anyway. about that first day of hunting real quick? I, yeah. I, I so just, so you and I went out. We struck out from camp. Yep and headed towards a big patch of cat cottonwoods we could see in the distance. We found all sorts of great moose sign in there, fresh rubs. But you got to push through this alder and willow, mostly willows down on the bottom. And we, the only way to push through that stuff is to move on the bear trails. <laughs> so we're on bear trails all day long. And I'm new to this. This is my first time in Alaska, and Mike seems like he's okay with it. So I'm just like, well, all right. We both have really big knives. <laughs> <laughs> and uh then pretty soon we're like man we're back in the back in there trying to get up to the edge of the hillside and this little ridge that comes down and uh it's just beaver ponds and muck and little creeks running through everywhere and pretty, the only way to get through is on the bear trails and pretty soon we're on fresh bear tracks and then we start seeing little cub tracks and like fresh crap and i'm like we're gonna still keep going forward and mike it's like yeah and i'm like no Okay. We just, I don't know. It was uh, looking back. It was like, man, what were we doing? We didn't have any, any, you know, there's no encounters in the end, no dangerous encounters, but, uh, it's like the only way to get around out there. So you had, yeah. you mentioned the sharp knife. Those were for cutting brush. I mean, that wasn't your bear protection, was it, Carson? <laughs> oh, uh, that's how I knew I would go on this hunt with Mike when, I said, well, what do you do for bear protection? Because this is, you know, it's always a topic of discussion. And uh, he's like, I just carry a big knife. I'm like, yep, going hunt with this guy. <laughs> and uh, so I had to make a knife. I made it out of a smooth Nicholson smooth file as a grinder. And here's a funny funny little side story. I'll, I'll try to keep it quick. Um, I'm not a knife maker, but I've, like, shaped a few just reduction style with a grinder out of steel. And then uh, just try not to get too hot to where it loses its hardness and you know, I don't know anything about. Anyway, I got these little micro fractures because I'm cooling it in water instead of oil, and I'm like a little nervous, but I'm running out of time. And I did a little research online, and uh, it's like, yeah, if they're just little hairline micro fractures, don't worry about it. I just wouldn't trust my life to it. And I'm like, oh, damn it. And uh, anyway, that was that was a knife I ended up using. But but what was Mike? You had one made out of leaf spring. By Justin? Yeah. Justin made it years, yeah. years ago? Yeah, Justin made my knife, and it, it was made out of leaf spring on a pickup, and uh, had it's got an elk antler handle, and, and it's, it's a 12-inch blade, um, and it's it's great knife. I, I carry it all the time when I'm hunting. So no, both, no, both of us had handmade knives. No, no bear spray, at least? Nope, no bear spray. Nope. So... Uh, me, so Miles, he also had a, a knife that Justin had made, um, and Justin was the only one that carried a pistol. Um, he, uh, he wouldn't have a gun, but with, yeah, so what, like 160 grain bullets? Uh, I think they're like 200, I think, I think they're 200. 
Okay, uh, yeah. But, but yeah, he, he had a pistol. You know, I, I don't know. I, you know, you got to be careful about bears, but, man, they're just not – there's not a bear around every corner trying to get you, and you're definitely – more you got more chance of getting in a car wreck and dying than than you know having a bear attack you and i carried a big knife and i don't you know i've been charged twice by by bears and um you know both of them ended up i ended up fine so um i I just feel i just it it feels better to me just to be out there with just my bow and my knife (laughs) yep i think i'd feel a little better with like a Shotgun loaded <laughs> on my back, but bear fence. Yeah, bear fence. Shotgun. Well, man, bear the thing spray. is, you, like we, whistles. You almost, you almost bear. never even see a bear most of the time, you know. And uh, there, I couldn't believe we we didn't run into them. I mean, there the sign was everywhere, but that that country was so stinking thick. And uh, I, you just don't get a chance. We 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 glassed up uh, quite a number of black bears up high. They were up at the brush line up at the top. Uh, there's blueberries at you know the the alder line kind of stops, and then the blueberries start for a while. It's all scattered and rocky up there. Just real pretty. And uh, we'd always spot a few black bears up there from camp, but uh, but we just uh, didn't well, run Miles, into the the brown bears. Miles. Miles did remember he he was like ten feet away from one or something or ten yards. Oh away yeah, from his one. dad was watching from. I forgot about that from camp. His dad watched. Miles didn't have any clue, but his dad was watching the whole thing from down at camp through his glass. <laughs> day one, you guys had crazy water conditions to the point where you guys were like tipping rafts and getting wet and getting like not sure how it was going to work on the first day, right? Yeah, so that that was the that was the day three. So day one we fly in, day two we kind of go hunt a little bit. But I'm like, man, I hope we don't kill a moose right now because I don't know how the water's going to be. And the water level was still pretty low, but it started raining pretty much as soon as we landed and started setting up camp. It started raining and it didn't quit for those whole two days. So day three, um, the water level was coming up. We got up at five in the morning because the water level was coming up toward to our tents and and i was like man we we should probably try and get downstream a ways and get some to some slower water and it and i was like man, it's probably class four rapids right now uh class three to four you know depending on the spot but I'm like, i think we can i think we can shoot it and uh somehow <laughs> justin and somehow justin and miles they're their bags because uh, we you know we started packing up and everything and it took us till ten thirty till we were able to to get going but uh, it, it, it's like their bags multiplied <laughs> like they had all this stuff packed down for uh, the airplane but then their whole raft was it exploded into a bunch of different yeah. dry bags everywhere yeah. <laughs> and so I was like oh my god but anyway we we got. Uh, me and me and Carson were going to shoot the first little piece of rapids, and it, it definitely didn't look near as bad to me as it as it really was. And okay, uh, okay, and let Carson me. I knew it was this. bad. I knew it was bad. I mean, I'm not. <laughs> I've never done a moose hunt on a river, but I grew up. Uh, you know, my grandparents had a place on the San Diego River, and it's the you know during the winter it's a big river, and there's a lot of volume of water moving down that thing, and that's what 
I, I was like, what the hell are we doing, man? We're putting in this little side channel that's feeding into the main channel and the main channel just, I mean, it's just, it just came up. There's the whole, the bank is getting cut away in front of our eyes. I mean, shit's just sloughing off into the, this thing everywhere. The water is just dark and it is moving fast. I mean, it's like, it's, the velocity is hard to see in pictures. Like it's coming down a hillside. So there, there's the volume. I mean, you know, you're in the water. It's only up to your chest. And Mike was, we were both in the water here pretty quick, but, but it's going downhill so fast. And right in front of us, hundred yards down this river is a pinch point of alders, willows that creep into the, um, right into the river. And there's like this little tiny chute, like what, eight feet wide to go through. And yeah. the river's like pushing through the alders on either side of that chute. And I'm just like, oh my God, we're going to die. But I'm the kind of person who's like, well, he seems like this might work. I'll try it. And we get in this raft and we got it all top loaded. I don't know what we were thinking. There's way too much weight up high. We lasted, well, so every, how long did we last, I, Mike? <laughs> well, every, so everything I've ever, ever done, ever researched is you want to keep your, your gear off the floor for when you're dragging so you don't put holes in your raft. Um, There's no worry yeah. about dragging at that point. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> but we were just, you know, kind of going as, you know, just learning on the fly. And, uh, yeah, exactly. And we were just super lucky, man. We were super lucky. So Mike almost died there. I don't know if he realizes that. We went over, we tipped like, I don't know, maybe five seconds into this float. <laughs> <laughs> like we hit the main channel and it's like it, it, the river's you know just doing what it wants with us we get just a hair sideways not even anything and it's just like whoop and we're over way too top heavy and I'm I somehow Mike grabs both paddles I just like drop my paddle I'm like I'm just going for the bank <laughs> he's like trying to catch up with the raft swimming and this thing's you know it's already out of reach and he's going after it and I'm just like yelling at him get to the bank and and, uh, and he finally does, but we were kind of like half swimming, half, you know, your feet are on the bottom. It's only chest high and uh, probably bottom of your ribs high. And, uh, we get to the bank, the bottom, bottom, I get to the bottom. bank, he gets to the bank and we watch the raft just pile into those alders and, and willows and just hang up. And it is just getting pounded ferociously by the water. I mean, we're, we're, and it's on the other side of the river, uh, from where we, you know, got to the bank and it, Justin Miles is just watching like, oh, my God. And uh, anyway, uh, I'm glad Mike <laughs> get to the bait because I think if you had stayed in that water any longer, you would have got hung up in those. That if, if you were to get hung up in the brush, it would have been not, not good. Anyway, yeah, that, that was the start. <laughs> that was the start of the float. Dang, yeah, I think I would have wanted to, to walk I think I would have been asking for an airplane ride out of there. That sounds. That sounds I, it was kind of looking like that, you know. We're like, that. well, what's that, Mike? What'd you just say? Well, so uh, when when our my pilot buddy dropped us in there, he told me he's like, he's like, I I would not be able to take off off this gravel bar with you guys. Oh yeah, it wasn't so, even an option. Yeah, so he could land because you know you could you can land in it in that situation he could land in a lot shorter um right. area than he he would be able to take off with a load and so there there was no getting picked up in an airplane there 
<laughs> it was there was no that was not an option. I, I remember thinking seriously at one point, like, okay, so if you have to have a rescue flight out in a helicopter, who has to pay that bill? <laughs> oh. Whoever calls. Yeah. It wasn't going to so be we, me. <laughs> we managed to cross the river up a little bit higher and get to the raft. Luckily, it hung up in a way that it was accessible from the bank just barely. And uh, we had to I, remember that? It was getting pounded. What's that? We had to go way upstream to get a just to get across. Uh, yeah, and you had to really pick. Yeah. You had to really pick your way and be careful because the water was moving. Even though, like you know, you found the shallowest place to cross, it's up to your knees. But the water velocity is so high, it is like trying to just like you know, there's just rocks tumbling over your feet as you're crossing this river because the water's pushing. <laughs> you know, right, and you and you know what ever. really help. You know what really helps out when you're crossing that stuff is having a, a good wood self bow that you can use as a staff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> here, here Carson is crossing this freaking river with his using his bow as a staff. And that's why I, I like long bows over freaking, I've got my Robertson freaking primal stick uh, takedown and. I'm trying to use it as a, as a walking stick, and I'm like, oh, I'm cringing every time I drive into the rocks, you know? <laughs> and Carson's just going across like doesn't even care. <laughs> but we had to cut the gear out from underneath that raft in the water, and the water is pushing on it. It's all tied down with, uh, you had like, like ratchet straps and cinching straps, and yep. we had to cut all this rope and strap just to get our gear out of this thing in the water. We, the water was like coming over it so hard. It was like holding it down in the river. You couldn't yank the whole raft with the gear out. This is hung up in the brush right. on it, kind of on its side. It's more upside down than anything, but it's kind of, we can kind of get up on its side, but we can't go any more than that with all that heavy gear on it. Just getting the gear is just like the water's pushing on that gear and pulling it kind of loose. And it's just, it's just there's no way to wrestle it out of there. We had to cut the gear out, throw the gear out one bag at a time. We lost what two hats? Justin yeah, Miles lost a hat. Yeah, they're cowboy hats. Yep. <laughs> Why were there cowboy hats on our raft? I didn't know that. Oh, man. I I don't know. It just worked out that way. But we had all every single one of our arrows were on that raft. Oh yeah, I thought I thought the hunt might be over watching that thing just get pounded with water from the other side of the bank. Yep. <laughs> and oh, and, man, was... and speaking speak, speaking of arrows, was there even one arrow on there that wasn't a freaking Sherwood? No, that yeah, I don't want to make this promo, but uh, yeah, it was kind of cool <laughs> going on a hunt where everybody's shooting those asses like those, and uh, yeah, it was sweet. So you guys they're got, all they're all Sherwoods. Yeah. You guys got that. So you guys gotta, you got that all unhung, and then so you got the other two guys waiting to rip down there. What is, what were they thinking? <laughs> uh, they, oh, they're thinking, man. screw that. <laughs> like, what are you guys like? All right, we did it. You, your turn. <laughs> yeah, we're on the other side of the river now, and they're on the other side, and. We had a lot. We ended up lining their raft across in the same place that we crossed to get our raft. So we, what well, we had to tie the rope to a rock and chuck it across. I got across, and then you chucked their rope with a rock tied to it or something. 
Something like that, yeah. But but for, didn't we and then didn't we ferry all their all their gear across first though? I think we did. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think we did too. Yeah, we we unloaded the raft and carried it across. Then we reloaded it, and once we got well, then we lined all the way down to a a way better camping spot, and, and like a mile and then, maybe or less. Yeah, and then you you and me went back and got our raft and. Uh, well, we we found that the day before when we were hunting. It was like the only flat open space. It was this one unique little. It was like a high cut bank up, up high enough. It was it was high and dry and flat, and it was like the one spot like that. And luckily, we found it when we were hunting the day before. And so we went there. It wasn't that far down. Probably not even a mile, but it just took a while. You know, lining rafts down those little side creeks, side channels. And then it was just a dry out day. And thank God the sun came out the next day and yeah. we just lay, just writing in our notebooks and drying stuff out and shooting our bows and poking around camp. Did we have a Wolverine come through camp that night? Well, we don't know what it was. It was either a bear or a Wolverine, but uh, I woke up in the middle Those of tracks. the night. Justin was, oh. uh, Justin was like, Mike, bear. And I was immediately awake, and I had, I, I always, every night, I had my bow strung right next to me with one broadhead arrow. And uh, so I grabbed my, my bow, knocked my arrow, Justin's got his pistol, and I unzipped the tent, and we both fan out, we've got headlamps on, and uh, and there was nothing. But, but we could hear it, before we went out, we could hear it sniffing. It was like a sniff, sniff, you know, sniffing around the tent. So, uh it was either a, I, I kind of think it was Wolverine just by the sign. They weren't well-defined tracks, but we found fresh tracks the next day that are about that, that fit the bill of a Wolverine. It was it was just they just right. not real distinct. It's hard to say. But. Yeah. So then what? So then anyway. you line down rafts out, out of there is like then we just use side channels and just slowly line rafts down for a whole day. And then there's little periods yeah. where you could like hop in and ride one down for a little bit. Oh, we inflated your raft, the third one. Yep. So we so had we three rafts at that point, going. right? And, and what we did is, is me and Carson kind of leapfrogged who, whoever was in the lead and we would line rafts down. It was raining still. Um, and, and my goal, I was like, if we can make it five mile, five river miles down, that'll be great. And so anyway, we kept, we'd line them a ways, you know, with ropes. And then finally Carson was like, screw it. Let's try and let's try and actually float. And I was like, Oh, I, I had some PTSD from the last incident. So, uh, <laughs> I, was, uh, I was like, oh, I don't know, but he, he shot, he shot some rapids and then I shot him. And then miles and Justin had a way more stable raft. It wasn't, as maneuverable but it was way more stable and uh yeah it was it anyway, was wide enough big enough it was w- r- much more stable right so we started we actually started floating quite a ways and eventually we got in some water that was pretty floatable even though it was still raining and uh anyway we uh me and carson we usually get pretty far ahead and then pull over the side and and wait and uh, uh you want to tell them about that well, first we didn't we come up on oh. the beaver dams and stuff. I think the beaver dams were the later part of that day. We were making good time, like like all up up at the top where we started. It was all these little side channels, and they all started 
feathering together and starting to make this big, wide, looping, sweeping channel of like a flatter topography or something, and it's deeper water, slower water, and uh, it's like, oh, this isn't bad, you know, we, maybe we made it. <laughs> yeah, and then we started getting into, it like narrowed up again, it got fast and steep, and there was cottonwoods over the river, and then we pulled over and got out of the way just in time to avoid this this sweeper, this cottonwood. And it's like, well, let's go walk ahead and look and see what's ahead, you know, before we start portaging. And uh, it's this mess of a beaver pond. And it, we just had to, like, drag stuff through brush. I mean, that, that was that was the end of that fourth day, wasn't it? Or fifth day now? Because we had one day of just drying out. No, so that was, well, yeah. So, well, I got my notes here. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we, yeah, the day three, we we flipped and then we spent a whole nother day. Um, That's for these beaver pond. We, we had to drag across the beaver pond around the perimeter and then go over the dam part of the beaver pond, you know, where it's got all sticks, all, you know, we got up, that was probably the best vantage point we'd had at that point was to climb up on that beaver um, den and look and see what was ahead a little bit. And uh, there's two kind of, it wasn't much. No, no, yeah, you're, you're like, okay, so we know what's going to be ahead for the next, like, minute once we're in the water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, it was just a mess, dragging these rafts down over this beaver dam, and just, it was just, it was crazy. I mean, the water was just going through brush. I mean, we were pulling rafts through brush. It was like a flood. And uh, anyway, we managed it, and uh, then we just kept pushing. We made it to camp. We made it that night, didn't we? I think so. Yeah. So at one point, so tell them, tell them about when, when Miles and Justin almost took a drink. Mm. Yeah. I think we had just came around a nasty bend. So these rivers, you know, there's a lot of, it's making, it's, it's a uh, sinuous, I guess, you know, taking all these like wide, long bending turns, but with the water velocity, we're experiencing it, it you know, these with all the rains, it, the main current is just trying to throw you into these overhanging alders at every turn. And so you just have to like, just stay on top of it and just each, you're just, you have to fight the river. You're just paddling, paddling, fighting the river. And we get to a spot to stop and here comes Mike. Okay. Mike's good. And it's like, shit, it's been a while. Where's miles and Justin? Oh no. You start having bad thoughts. Then all of a sudden here they come. Okay. This is good. And then all of a sudden they hit this, this, they, they can't get away from it. So their boat is sturdy. It's hard to flip. But it's so big, it's and, and mass has mass to it. It's hard to maneuver, so they're having to paddle extra hard to, you know, fight the river. Well, it just the river throws them into these alders hanging over the river, and uh, the, we're just watching them start to get swamped. Because once you're pushed into these alders, and the alders are stopping you, the water's not stopping. The water is hitting the back of your boat, and it's starting to fold your boat, starting to come over the sides. And by boat, I mean these little inflatable rafts. <laughs> And uh, we're watching this. I'm like, oh, my God, I don't want to watch these guys die. They seem like pretty good guys. And then finally, Miles, like, makes some awesome maneuver and pushes off the alder with the paddle and spins the boat and frees it. And they, they pull over a little bit, sticking up, and, you know, what, three-quarters of the way full of water that we had to dump out? Yeah, well. Does that sound well, about right, I Mike? Could- I wasn't watching. I couldn't see everything that you could see. You but didn't, you didn't see that? Was, Were you behind them? 
I, well, I was no, because me and you were on the shore. Remember, like we were waiting for. Him. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. And and I, and I was behind you, and you could see it, but all I heard was Justin saying, "We're going over, we're going over." <laughs> and, I, and, and, and I remember, I remember, I, I felt I was feeling so good about our progress and how the river. Yeah, was we were doing good. Now. And I was like, and as soon as I heard that, I was like, "Oh no." <laughs> <laughs> so I was my heart just well, and gone. you feel so helpless. I'm like, we're over on the bank with a raft, but it's like you're just watching yeah. this, and you're like, oh, you can't like, okay, what yeah. what can I do? What what do you do? What can you do? It's like I don't know, and uh, but luckily Miles pulled it off, and uh, everybody's fine. We shook it off, and we just kept going down the river. We could see spruce trees ahead, and we needed spruce to get a fire. We hadn't talked about fire, but we had a hell of a time trying to get warm with nothing but alder, wet alder, and wet willow uh when we were up higher but as we we're getting you know yeah we yeah there, there was multiple miles uh, and we're seeing spruce on the, on the horizon yeah there was multiple factors uh like we were at a higher elevation there was no good firewood uh everything was wet um it just fire and i remember justin saying man i don't know boys i don't know we this might turn into from a <laughs> from a uh, hunting situation to a survival situation. We can't get a fire going. <laughs> uh, yep, and and I'm like, uh, yeah. So anyway, we we that we made the camp. We made it is what we called it. We found out later on that that was a huge misnomer. But we got the, <laughs> through the beaver ponds. Justin Miles got out of the alders and lived, and we hit this slow, wide, sweeping water and there's like tundra swans around every corner and mergansers i think i, I might be misremembering that but i think so, beavers yeah. slapping their tails Here it's I just am. like all of a sudden it's like you know it's like the sky's clear the light's shining down where we made it and uh we did find like a beautiful camp we stopped at one other place and looked at a camp but it was it's full of freaking full of moose sign i haven't talked about moose well the whole well, time we we're seeing tons too. of moose sign we What's saw that? that one bull, remember? Remember we saw yep, that one yep. bull? Yep, yep, right after the beaver pond. Hill. Before or after the yep. beaver pond, right around there, we saw that. Like, you know, it was a younger so, bull, probably not even legal, but. Well, yeah, I was glassing him. I was like, man, he's probably just a little bit too small to be legal. And uh, What plus, was legal up there? No, uh, so it had to be a, a spike on one side, a fork on one side, uh, three brow tines on one side, or 50 inches. Um, wise, okay. and and Fifty. and this one was probably I think he had like two brow tines on one side, one on the other. It looked like, and he was probably in the mid forties, so he's probably just just sub legal. Uh, but even if he was, we were at a point on that river that I was like, yeah, probably it's like, well, there's a moose. Let's anyway. go find a place where we can hunt one. Yeah. <laughs> oh. What do you guys think yeah. so far? I mean, are we are we just running away uh, telling no, stories we need? We're like we're like day six of like or day five of like day five. Days, yeah. So yeah keep are you guys up for <laughs> all nighter here? You thought so you <laughs> thought you hit the slow water and life's good now, right? Yeah, yeah Bruce, we got a big I, fire going, dried out, beautiful. You could see for miles. That, it was awesome. Yeah, I thought when we hit that slow water, I was like, "Oh my God, this is going to be how it is the whole rest of the time." This is this is prime moose floating, perfect. You know. <laughs> well, how do you decide when one. to to 
like you guys are into sign and you're seeing an L or seeing a moose here and seeing sign, like how do you decide to get up and keep looking? Is the grass greener or should we just, you know, just call here all day? I mean, how, how are you making the decision to keep floating or to hunt? Well, so, so the, the year previous, I, I did a solo float hunt and I, I, I had that mentality of the grass is greener and I got to make some distance. Well, that ended up kind of shooting me in the foot because I, you know, I got, I passed up a bunch of good moose signs. So I, on, on this trip, I was of the mentality that, Hey, if we're in it, we need to hunt them. It, but <laughs> the, there was that little problem of, are we going to be able to get it out of here on the, on the water? So, um, pretty much the the criteria was like in the beginning we hunted in the very beginning but i was very reserved about it because i was worried about the water but the whole idea was if 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 we think we can get it out of there and there's moose sign we need to hunt so so now we've got to that point we're like pretty confident at this point with the water we've got that we can get out of here this is great everything's good there's moose sign this and, and, and shoot we still got 10 days left this is awesome. Let's spend a few days here. We've got a big rip roaring fire going, um, which took a lot of effort just to get off the ground. Man, when things are wet, you know, fire starting. It's good to practice that for any of you guys out there. Just you don't have to practice well, doing I, it with like a bow drill or or hand drill, but just you know, just practice starting fire with whatever you know little fire kit you're gonna take hunting. Yeah, I've been. It, I had it's a. Wet, it's I, tough, I had a, man. I've been. I've been doing that on my little hikes with my daughter over on the, you know, wet side of the mountain here. And it's like, yep. it is nearly impossible. Like, I think if I went on a float trip, I would, for sure, I would just take my freaking plumber's torch with me. Like, <laughs> we were burning camp I mean. fuel at one point, but then it was like, uh, maybe we should conserve that. Yeah. Yeah, we so I had a uh, a big MSR stove that was big enough big enough to heat water for all of us for our you know freeze dried meals and stuff. But um, we ended up after the first couple of days, we ended up having a fire enough to where we could do all our water boiling with with the fire instead of the uh, instead of the stove. Man, we did end up having to use some of the stove fuel to to start fires once in a while, but yeah. <laughs> You're pretty good about trying to do it without first, yeah, and, and, and doing pretty good. And It just became like kind of daily ritual, you know. It's like, all right, go get all these little dry limbs off of, you know, whatever you can reach on the side of a spruce tree on the dry side. And yeah, old man everybody and spruce resin. And how's yep. your delta holding up uh, at this point? There's three self bows on this trip. They're all holding up fine. They got a little wet. I dried mine out over the fire day three, um, you know, and then put some arrows through it. Just make sure everything was still in tune and nothing, nothing to worry about yet. You always lean them up under a dry side of it. Those spruce trees are so. It's like, uh, it's like I was just up in the mountains here today, and it's like you can't get away from the drip. All the all these, you know, medium age furs it's just just water dripping everywhere everything's wet you can't find a dry spot but those spruce are like so thick with needles and boughs it's like totally dry underneath so you could store you could you know hang your quiver and lean your bow up under a tree and it'd stay dry 
Hmm. Yeah, I, I felt on this trip, I felt like a, a compound guy probably feels when he's with a bunch of traditional guys on a hunt. Uh, I had the only laminated longbow on this whole this whole hunt. Everyone else had self bows. <laughs> uh, you high tech son of a gun. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, sounds like you guys had enough Sherwood shafts to make a Sherwood shaft raft. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're, well, I, I kept, I kept, we were looking I kept at those as kindling at one point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I kept telling, I kept telling Carson, "Hey, are these, are these, is, is Doug's fur good for making, making fires? Because uh, that's what, we, that's what these arrows might end up. Uh, <laughs> they might be good for." <laughs> that's when I got really motivated to good, get good fire started. In a with... survival situation, that shit ain't. That doesn't happen with carbon, right? Hell no. No, nope, nope. yeah, you don't have the option there. Yeah, that's a that's a selling point, Carson. I like it. So, uh, you guys are such a wood arrow what? podcast. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> I'm trying to oh, try line arrows your, matter line your fat pockets. Yeah. <laughs> hey, pandemics are awesome, man. Pandemics are great. I love them. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just kidding. I know there's a lot of worry and fear out there. It just, it just, uh, how many people? Screw them. Yeah. Everybody wants to go uh, there now. Yeah, everyone's got time. Oh shit! All right, all right. So here we are. We we're camp made it. We got some moose country. Mike's Mike's method of Mike's the Alaskan uh, state moose calling. He's got some award on it at his house that says moose calling champion. You know. I'm like, all right, you know, pick the good guy to go moose hunting with. What was that? The Alaskan Bow Hunting Association? Yeah, the Alaskan Bow Hunting Association. Be- you know, before I was a board member, I went to a banquet and did a a, co- a calling contest, and I won it. I guess <laughs> got some plaque. Sweet. And we haven't yeah. talked about how boring moose hunting is yet. But here's what you do: you sit around, you call for hours and hours, and you sit around. It's stupid. I hate it. <laughs> But well, there's Mike is good at calling. The, the 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 most effective way is to call from one spot for three days at a time. That that is the like if you want to increase your odds, that's the way to do it. One area call for three days. That's, um, that's crazy. And so, now, sometimes it's boring. Now, Mike, why is that? Because you're waiting for a moose to show up or is that because like the moose in the valley eventually will take it seriously both um so sometimes it's it's you know because those bulls they're moving through the whole rut they're moving up and down valleys and and you know it it might take that long it's like trolling for kokanee it's boring (laughs) yeah well so sometimes like a bull can take three to four days to, to if he hears you a bull moose can hear you from miles and miles away and he could take his time and take that long just to come in. Um, do, do, a, a, do a call for us, Mike. Do it. Just a, just a call. Oh God, that would sound terrible. Over come on. Phone. Oh, sound good, these <laughs> no, just, just call away from your mic. Just give us, a, give us something. I got headphones on, but, uh, you want a cow call or a bull grunt? Cow call. This just, just uh, sound like it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, 
That's a, that's a long cow call. See that? That's a short one. <laughs> really, man, they really get after it. So they, they well, they, a- you know, it's big country. It's big country, and they're like dispersed, and and it's not like elk. Uh, so so we called that after the first day we hunted that camp. We made it, and that that is you know. So maybe this river isn't floatable, but we did find an awesome place to drop hunt. So yeah. well, if we, we uh, don't know that for sure, but I'm gonna try and verify it. I summer. thought you said you would land there. <laughs> Well, we're gonna try. We're gonna we're gonna tr- experiment this summer. We're gonna it's, try and land there. And I'm confident. You, know, you don't hear geez. from us again. He landed, uh, if he landed on that boulder field, have you guys ever been in a super cub when it lands on a a, no. a gravel bar that's got basketball sized rocks? No. I thought we broke the plane. I was the last guy in. I'm like, oh man, like that. I'm sorry about your plane. Like I'm glad we. I'm glad I'm finally here. But sorry about your plane. And he's like, oh, no, that's normal. It's like, what? It's like, I mean, there's like rocks hitting the bottom of it. You're bouncing all over. It was, it was gnar, gnarly. And uh, <laughs> anyway, um, he could land on that flat over there. It's like a big flat meadow. Well, the problem would be if you had a lot of weight, maybe, you know. Um, like I said, well, we'll I'm going to have him fly over there this summer and see what he thinks. Oh. So that would be a great place to drop drop Carson, even if he can't even if he can't land on that flat we could land on that ridge probably yeah Carson just needs a, a poncho and a cell phone and a, and a frying pan so <laughs> and a knife with uh we did not have a frying pan I just want to make that clear <laughs> we, we had, we had I, uh, kind of wish pots. we did so are we getting in? Are we getting into moose? Or are they not rutting? Or what? we finally got a moose story coming up. Okay, so so we're me me and Carson. We go. We find the stand of cottonwoods, and I'm like, okay, Carson, this is the strategy. You know, this, this you know we're just gonna sit here. We're gonna call all day long for two days. Do this series of calls. Well, you know, this is at least a day. You know, we're gonna do this, and and. uh and, you know, I like to stop and shoot while in, in between calling sessions and stuff. So, that you know, that's another plus to traditional archery. You know, you can stump shoot all the time. But um, anyway, me and him are, well. Carson so Mike's calling, and I'm laying there in this duff of this cottonwood sleeping for hours and, like, catching <laughs> yeah. some sort of weird chiggers around my belt line. And, <laughs> and every once in a while, I think I hear something off in the distance to the south a clip like a ways out several hundred yards but it's so faint i'm like yeah it's windy we had a we had a strong uh north wind and uh it's like you you, you know your imagination you know how it is elk hunting you like start hearing the elk calls on the wind you're listening so hard same thing and i'm just like dismissing them like no it's nothing but the sign well, around there was incredible have, like there's real- there, there's a big bull moose in that area I don't have real great hearing either, so like I, I wasn't hearing it. Carson kept saying, "Oh, I think I hear something." I was like, ah, "I don't know." <laughs> uh, but we and Mike's doing a great job calling. He's beating his call against these trees. Yeah, raking and doing cow calls and bull grunts, you know, and and then taking you know breaks and and I, I think I took a little nap for a while. Carson pretty much naps most of the time, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he called some too, and and then 
uh, what time do we end up hit, kind of starting to head back to camp? Well, I got tired of napping, so I went off and traversed all these crazy beaver ponds. I'm like, walk. it's like rims. You're like walking on these, oh, like yeah. every, the only way to get around, there's another big patch of timber way up north. And so I was approaching it from downwind, thinking that looked like a good bedding area for a big animal. And oh, well, we on these beaver about, ponds, you're just, something. what? We we forgot about that caribou we saw in the morning. Oh, Miles went after the caribou. I forgot about that. So Miles yeah. on the other side of the river. He's gone and chased this nice big bull caribou. This isn't even caribou country. This is Alaskan range, no, right? I, like, I, not I, did not, I did not expect to see even one caribou. Then we saw this huge bull caribou way up above tree line in the morning. And uh, we're like, oh, that's cool. And then he disappeared into the trees and and then we just forgot about him uh and then later on we found out that he actually came down low across the river and miles actually went after him and you know he didn't get a he didn't get close enough but he got that's he, when he, he got close him, to that bear right but we me and carson we were seeing bears up there while we were calling for moose we were looking way up high above tree line and we could see black bears up there feeding on berries and stuff um Nothing we wanted to, you know, way too high for us to rationalize climbing to go after, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> way, way, way up, up there, there through brush. Yeah. And so I went poking anyway. up, up a ways, and and just beaver pond, beaver pond. I started getting into some really heavy sign, and just this one place where this big bull just speed up this entire area of alders is impressive. And thinking like, oh, this is good, this is good. <laughs> And uh, doing a little bit of calling there and just kind of poking around. And anyway, I came back to meet Mike where he'd been calling the whole time where we were earlier. And, uh, you know, we sat there for a little bit. And it's kind of getting to that point in the day where it's like, well, I should probably start working back towards camp. And so we worked back towards camp, stumping along the way. And we get to camp and we're Miles and Justin. Miles was already back in camp when we got there, right? Yep. And he was like, what happened? Did you get a shot? We're like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> He's like that big bull who was raking just, just you know, not that far yards. from you guys. Yeah, it's like, oh dang it, you know. And uh, well, and then when we said that, we're like, we're, when we were like, what bull? He looked at his, at him, and his dad looked at each other, and they're like, damn it, we should have went after it. <laughs> I think it was the wind that made it really hard to hear because the, you know, it was blowing, coming from the north to south. And so this bowl is all worked up from our calling. He can hear us crystal clear, but we can't hear him. He's bashing his paddles against the trees and making noise and we just can't hear it coming up wind. So, uh, so we're back in camp and it's dark when we find this out. It's like, well, that's kind of, well, at least there's moose, you know, we're getting into moose and Hey, we're in a good spot and we're going to hunt tomorrow. And then, uh, and then it was the next morning, wasn't it? Well, well, so I, you know, if, if you, if you, it, I, I guess if you, uh, if you really research anything about moose hunting or especially float hunting and stuff, uh, you, you want to call from camp, uh, every night. You, you want to throw out some cow calls because if there's a bull that can hear it. There's a very good chance he's going to be right there close to camp, if not in camp in the morning. Um, and so, uh, I, I, I did some cow calls from camp right before we went to bed 
since I, especially since I knew that bull was close. And the next morning, me and Carson, me and Carson got up, got up about the same time. We're kind of stretching, you know, and I think Justin went to, uh, uh, take a leak or something. I, I hadn't been on my feet more than a, more than a minute. I had not been on my feet more than a minute. And you right, said, right. Oh shit, there's a bull. And I was like, what? Well, no. And what? He was like no, 60, that, 70 yards. Well, what I, I was looking at, didn't we get a, didn't we get a fire going or something? I think, or did we? I hadn't I been, remember, maybe you did. I hadn't been up for, for more than a minute. I think Miles may have. No, Miles was still in bed. I don't think we had a fire yet, but anyway. I don't I, think we had a fire going. You you were standing there stretching out, and I, and, and I heard I heard a bull grunt. And I looked at you, okay. and I was like, did you hear that? And you're like, no. And I was like, did, did you, I, I just heard a bull grunt. And you're like, I didn't hear it. And I heard it again. And I walked to the end of the, the bluff and looked to my left, and there's a freaking huge bull a hundred yards away, raking some some willows, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my god!" And so, uh, and so I grabbed my bow and arrows. I'm like, "I'm going after him." Carson grabs his self bow from under the tree and strings it up, and uh, I grabbed my bow too. But uh, then you, we you and Miles grabbed the decoy. No, Miles was in his freaking sleeping bag still. Uh, but I grabbed the decoy, and 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 Carson started. We were up on a high bluff, and Carson started sliding on his ass down to the. There's a there, beaver slide that goes way, right down the river. I I had good yeah. cover. I was able to slip down level, and then now I'm behind a bunch of willows, and I could cross this open area and I set up right on the other side of the open area and these you know the willows are between me and this bull and they're up they you've got the decoy out at this point and you're calling I'm like oh my god this might work yeah oh yeah it was I'm just waiting for him to not. just come pushing through those willows and and you know and it was just like a little pocket I could tuck into a little bit it was like oh this is this is might come together well, yeah so I I stuck the I it's a Montana decoy, one of those, you know, flat fold out decoys of a cow moose. I stuck it in the ground. I've never used one and I you know, I've called I've called bull moose in within ten yards before without a decoy. And so I'm thinking, man, this is a slam dunk. I'm gonna stick this decoy in the ground. I'm gonna call and man, this bull's gonna come. And uh I stuck the decoy in the ground, I was behind the decoy and it's up on a hill so that the the bull can definitely see it and I'm calling cow calling you know and 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 this bull's looking up and and carson's down there right on the other side of this strip of willows from this bull and if the bull comes through those willows he's going to have a at, at the most a 20 yard shot and it uh, seemed really good yeah oh it's perfect setup and that bull grunted a little bit raked the willows and he just started going at an angle kind of just away and uh and I, I was can't calling, see any of this. Calling. I'm on the other side of Willow. Yeah. Yeah, Carson can't see it. So I'm like motioning to Carson that like to to cut to, to cut through the willows and try and get ahead of him. Advance, advance. And, so I start yeah, pushing through the like, willows, but there's no way to do it quiet, you know, by the time I'm breaking through the other side. Uh, on the other side of the strip of willows is a big opening and 
you know, by the time I'm getting to the clearing of the willows, it's like, he's already got me pinned, you know, it's loud. And so I do the whole, like, you know, got my hands and bow up, rocking back and forth like a bull, trying to do that thing. And, uh, he just, we just had a standoff at about 70 yards for, I don't know, seemed like a minute, maybe less. And he started licking the air. I think the wind is pretty good, but he was just assessing it. He definitely wasn't hot and heavy. And then, and then, you know, just doing the same old thing, just hoping something would change. And, uh, at some point he decided it wasn't right and turned and started to head off. And that was, that was pretty much it. That's amazing how much ground they can cover when they decide to yeah. go the other and way. This bull, this bull was probably 55 inch plus, And he had three brow times on one nice. side and like five on the other. He was definitely legal and a really nice bull. Um, I remember Carson, the first, the first thing that Carson told me when we both looked at the bull, he's like, that's a shooter. Like that's hundred percent a shooter. Not that. Yeah. I looked at him. Well, like, yeah. Hey, you're right. <laughs> that's something, that's something to, that's something to talk about, about, uh, anybody who's interested in going up there. There are, uh, restrictions on width for hunting bull moose and it varies by unit in Alaska. Correct me on any of this, Mike, but, um, Anyway, Mike was really good about training me up. He would send me pictures all the time, legal or not. And we would go back and forth on how wide we thought it was. And he sent me pictures of, you know, some trophy bull mounted in Cabela's up there or something, you know. And anywhere anywhere you find a picture of a bull or on the Internet, you know, we're sending it to each other and quizzing each other. And it, it that helped a lot. I would have been clueless without doing that, going into it. Yeah, it's important. Uh, like some places... For non-residents, there's there's actually almost no almost no areas where there's where you can just shoot any bull. Um, okay. You know where 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 Brian Burkhart, you know Monty Browning, and Jim Eckhout, those guys go. They've they can actually kill any bull, but um, uh, there's almost no areas. Um, and even for residents, like where I hunt, like where, where we were hunting, it was the same for residents and non-residents. Um, you know, there's antler restrictions and you have to abide by them. And so it's, it's pretty important to know, uh, That's to why able to judge is, that, is that indicative of moose abundance? What's that? They, I, I would assume they have more restrictions in areas where they're trying to manage, you know, they, they got to keep, you know, I guess in a place where there would be lots of moose, they would have no restrictions in a place where there's a little bit less moose, they would have some more restrictions. Is, that, no, it, it doesn't. It it doesn't necessarily. That doesn't necessarily have a um, like. That doesn't necessarily mean anything. It 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 has to do with with some of that, but a lot of it is where the most hunting pressure is going to be too. Um, so like uh, you know, way up north where where some of these guys are hunting, there's ne- not necessarily more moose but there's less people that are going in there hunting them. Gotcha. They're getting on like a, just a little knob and staying on it for like 21 days and calling from the one little knob and, and just trying to get their moose like right near where they got dropped off at a lake. And like, they're not moving around at all. They're like stationary. Right. And, and, and we're there. That, yeah. That's, that's like a, they're hunting a very good valley where there's moose that are actually moving. There's bulls moving through and, and there's, you know, I've, 
I've hunted some similar areas before, but it's, it's usually after the rut and it's, there's rifle hunters pounding them. <laughs> but, uh, um, well, and, and the know, train has to be conducive to that, you know, and, and where we were, there was yeah. plenty of moose and they were moving for sure. Like the sign is everywhere along the river banks, everywhere there, everywhere we stopped, there's moose tracks everywhere, but it was very thick. It's like hunting Roosevelt. It's like, you know, there's elk in there, but Right. You gotta and find so, them. And there's no north, clear cuts up, <laughs> clear cuts up there. Yeah, up north up north of Fairbanks and all that area, there's some it's a lot easier to glass a lot of those areas. Where we were, most of it was pretty thick. And and like the year before the the solo float hunt I did, it was even more thick. <laughs> but um uh there's almost no like like at camp we made it is what we called it, but uh we could <laughs> actually glass some there. Um, but it's, it's not quite, yeah, that was pretty much the one spot. That was the exception. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we, we, we missed that that opportunity on that bowl. Well, we, did we hit the river that day? Well, we forgot to talk about miles. Uh, he went after that. Well, we, did we talk about miles and that, that caribou? And then, and then he, uh, he ended up hiking up the hill spot in that bull but yeah he, he took the raft across the river and went up the other hillside and his dad sitting yep. in camp watching with uh binos and and at one point what miles from miles point of view he sees this at some point something clues him in he, in in like 10 yards away he's like glassing through the alder brush a patch of fur but he can't make anything yep. out but it's definitely fur it's an animal right there 10 yards away and then he thinks he makes out like an eyeball, but it's like through the leaves and he's like, ah, you know, but he is nothing, but it's not moving. It's just hunkered down. So he's like, this can't be right. Like, what the hell is this? Anyway, he eventually decides to move on. He gets back to camp. This is, this is him chasing a caribou. And, and then he gets back to camp and his dad's like, that there, there was a grizzly bear, you know, what, 20 yards from him, 30 yards. Right. I don't know. Something, it wasn't that far. It, 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 it was less than 20 yards. And I think what was its cub just hunkered down in the brush holding tight. Yep. But, it, it, yeah, so so we had a lot to talk about. Camp we made it was awesome. We thought we had made it. We were warm. We were dry. We had fire. <laughs> it was like, like, moose hunting's on, you know. We got 10 days. We're going to get a moose. It's like its spirits were up. And what was that whiskey you guys brought? That I, I drink like the the $20 bottle that has the nicest looking label. That's what I drink a whiskey. You guys are like all <laughs> into the smoky flavored good stuff. <laughs> so we brought, well, I brought a, a bottle of Jameson, I think. And then, uh, we brought a bottle of Lafroy scotch. Scotch. That was, that was pretty good. Yeah. We were having a little we drank that, sniffer. We drank that shit way faster than we, uh, intended <laughs> i thought we did pretty good but maybe that's just me so the, um, so the, we, well, so the wheels fell off oh <laughs> uh, that was the beauty of the whole thing it was there was enough points in time where along this river we thought we had made it that you could like relax and enjoy the hunting aspect of it had we known all for, along like maybe that we were still screwed <laughs> you you oh so you we got most Carson was the most optimistic the whole time, and Justin and Miles were the most pessimistic, and I was, like, right in the middle. 
but I was. Well, you just, you had it. Like, you oh you God. you were like dealing with the whole like this is my personal responsibility thing, right? Like I put yeah. this hunt together. So you were like worried we were going to be upset, and I'm just like, dude, this is this is what we signed up for. Like nobody, you know, we all knew it was going to be. Uh, you know, we didn't, yeah. it wasn't a sure thing, you know, there was a, it was an adventure we we're going for. So, so, uh, so talk about the next, talk about when we, we left camp, we made it cause we're like, Hey, we need to, okay. Okay. Yeah. We got to move along talk. here. Shit. What are we got? How are we doing? All right, guys. Yeah. You're, you're doing good. <laughs> it's 930. <laughs> you're not going to have to leave Bob. You're not going to. No, no. All it's right. In you. <laughs> All right. We got we got to right, talk right. about so, how the how the how the river uh, ended up, and then that next camp we we ended up at. But Carson, I think I think this is you. You should uh, you should explain how the okay. how the I'm, rest of the float till that next it, stop went. It's a little blurry, but so what happened is again, you know, we think we've made it. So we put in, and the water's still slow. And it's nice winding turns. Every every time you come around a turn, it's like this beautiful scenic view. And there's animals in the water, waterfowl and beavers. And, and it's just like, oh, yeah, this is just awesome and so nice. And then, like, we, we what, we, we're trying to make, like, five to ten miles or something like that that day. We get, like, a mile yeah, in, well, it's like, oh. Well, My we're, goal we're, was we, we know we know we need to be conscientious of of our you know we we need to cover a little bit of ground. Right. So, my my goal was to make at least five miles a day while floating, five river miles. So we're we're trying to hit at least five that day, and we get about what maybe a mile in, and things start picking up. Like all of a sudden the water starts getting a little faster, and you get a little ripples here and there, and you're like, "Ooh, that's kind of fun." We're so we're three rafts, and I think I'm in the lead most of this day. I'm kind of the scout. Yep. I've got, yep. I've got a pretty, like Mike is a trooper, man. He took the little tiny raft. Like I would not want to be in that thing by myself. Like it was, he's in the dinky and I'm in this like raft. It's pretty good for one person. Mike and Justin are in this raft. It's a little bigger. It's good for two people. It's pretty stable. You just got to work hard my, and stay out of the brush. Miles and Justin. What'd I say? You said Mike Miles and Justin. And, Justin and sorry. Anyway, they just keep the rapids just keep picking up. The water just keeps getting faster and pretty soon we're in a canyon. The walls start getting taller and taller every corner and boulders start getting more and more frequent and shit gets way way more technical than any of us. I'm I'm not a white water rafter guy, but this has turned into white water rafting situation. <laughs> And so there's, we're frequently like pulling over to sandbars anytime you can. And it's like a short window. Like you got to work your butt off to get over there real quick. Cause that river just wants to take you down the main, the main current. And so we pop out and then like, wait to see the other guys show up alive. And you're like, okay, good. Everybody's still alive. I remember thinking at one time, it's like, okay, who on this trip's going to die? And I, I mean, it was just, you say I was the most well, optimistic, but that's what was going through my head. I got stuck. I kept getting stuck on them. I kept getting stuck you on what? rocks. 
I kept getting stuck on those rocks that were right under the surface, you know? Like my raft. Well, your your raft at this point still holding air, right? You still got air in both side channels. Yeah. You're good. Yep. You're full. Yep. You haven't. You don't have any holes yet. No. So <laughs> we start getting into this canyon, and it gets worse and worse. But every time we pull over, there's like there's because this canyon is this pinch on the greater landscape. It's like there's sign everywhere. There's wolf sign. There's bear sign everywhere. There's moose sign everywhere. But here we are in this dilemma of like. We can't hunt, I found you know, that, that we can't I found, hunt. I found that moose shed, remember? Yep. Well, we yeah. had a portage around a windfall. We were, like, trying to saw, do we try and saw this thing in half, or do we portage? We ended up portaging, and you found that moose shed. That was the first shed we found, and out of three sheds. And then, so, okay, going back, that one wolf track was huge. But, um, oh, yeah. So we're in this canyon. I also found gold. <laughs> there, there's well, a shimmery. We don't know. Shimmery. Yes, I'm, I am gold. I talked to this old timer on the flight back, and he is from Oregon. He's from, uh, he's, he's associated with the Yoder Mill. He's married into the Yoder Mill outside of your area, Bob Malala. And he has been in Alaska running timber or sick of spruce timber for, I don't know, 20, 30 years on Kodiak Island. I talked to him forever on the flight home and I described to him the situation where I thought I might've found gold. And he convinced me that I found gold. <laughs> you never told me that. Well, of course not. It's gold. I'm going to keep that to myself. <laughs> well, there, there is, but, uh, so just, just to confirm, like, where we landed, there was several gold gold mining claims where we landed to start out from. And we did find places where people had stashed sluice boxes and gold pans and things like that. Oh, yeah. But, that was the only human sign we ever saw was a, a shovel and a sluice. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Sounds like you got a good spot to go get rich there, Carson. What are you doing? <laughs> I can't remember where it's at, and I didn't have a phone to market or anything. So. <laughs> was it that? Now, what did you see? We got to go. Like, we got to go hunt it again. Was it like a gold vein? Yeah. And like no, a, no. So there, you know, so there's it, it's high water situations, right? And so, like every place you pull over, there's like a sandbar, gravel bar, rock bar. And then in, there's all these little pools all over the place, right? And little little creeks, rivulets everywhere. There's water coming out everywhere. And there's this black, silty stuff on the edge of this one pool. And it was shimmering with flakes, gold flakes. And so I spent a little time picking around it and looking at it closer. And I don't know, full gold, pyrite or what, but... It certainly wasn't anything, you know, there's no nuggets in there, so I wasn't going to be able to do anything about it. And we we're trying to get down this river, but um, I thought, yeah, you know, just a bunch of pyrite. Well, I looked but, at it uh, and I was like, yeah, I'll bet that's not gold. <laughs> it couldn't be. There's no um, way. <laughs> uh, but talking to that guy on the flight home and explaining it to him, he was like, tell me all these tests you can do chewing on it and stuff. And, and, and I'm like, God, I wish I had known that then, but he seemed to think based on my description, he's like, well, yeah, that's when people find it high water after a dry summer and floating some river that people don't normally float. That's how people find it. Damn it. 
So anyway, uh, we, we're in this canyon, and it just keeps getting narrower, faster, more boulders, until we come to the Devil's Punch Bowl. Well, and we all made that, out of the river wait. in time to avoid it. Yeah, so yeah. it was actually quite a ways. It was quite a ways before the Devil's Punch Bowl. Remember, because we, because you were in the lead, and you were like, uh, "We should let's stop here and let's check it out." And I was like, "Oh, okay." And I, I kind of was like, "Come on, it, it can't like it can't be that bad, you know?" Well, we get up on the on the left side of the left side bank, and we walk up a little ways. And I'm like, "Oh shit, this this is a freaking canyon with some rapids," you know, like. It's class turning, five. Turning, turning, turning. Oh, yeah. And so uh, we're pretty much like we have to portage this. We have to unload the raft. Portaging sucks, At- man. Like You can make oh, up so man. much time in the water, but then when you're carrying your raft and all your gear and making several trips for everything, it's like, oh, you don't want to portage if you can avoid it. Right. So, so that was quite a ways before. Well, I mean, a little ways before the Devil's Punch Bowl, but Miles, he went ahead and scouted, and that's where he saw the Devil's Punch Bowl, and he was like, yeah, like, <laughs> we we got to even go further past <laughs> But the cliff was so high, it was like two ridge lines kind of came down and met at the river, and so it was such a pinch point, we couldn't even portage, so we did have to float a short stretch to get to the to the spot of the devil's punch bowl. And that's where we make camp, right? Just right above on that. The other side of it. Yeah. And you remember and that's that, where the mosquitoes were bad for the first time. Yeah. And, and so you remember that really high bank that we had to like portage our shit around. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, were you, were, were you with there me? There was sign I, everywhere. There was sign everywhere. Huh? Oh yeah. There was moose sign and wolf sign and, Bear sign it everywhere. It's such a weird situation to see so much animal sign. And be like, oh, that's too bad. <laughs> yeah, we couldn't hunt there for sure. Like, there's no way we'd be able to get a moose out. No, it just would have been another disaster that put all our lives at risk. I mean, it's just like you just know <laughs> it. But you're looking at these tracks, and you're like, holy shit, that is a big animal. It like sounds like a lot tracks. of fun. Oh, it was it was the, the best adventure of my life. I kept saying to myself, like, you can't buy this. I kept that was no, my like yeah. little like internal mantra, like, you can't buy this shit. So, so, and, and we came home without moose. That's traditional bow hunting. So, you know, whatever. Carson, were you with me when I almost fell off that that high bank though? Yeah, you had a little bit of whiskey, and you were like, we're portaging rafts around this <laughs> bank, and he's just, like, walking on the edge of it like he doesn't care about anything. I'm like, dude, Mike, like, you're going to fall into the, like, like it's like a 20-foot drop down to the water, and the water will just turn you over boulders and kill you real fast. And he's just, like, stumbling through there, just like, we just got to get this done. I'm just like, damn, man. So... So did the other guys ever get any opportunities on moose? And what was their feelings after it was all over for them? I don't know. <laughs> um, I was afraid to ask. No, they. I don't think Miles or Justin had an opportunity. Moose. Uh, just a spoiler alert. Um, Mike and I only had one other opportunity to moose. 
down at our, like, we made it to our destination place. We had to readjust our well, plan and find a let's, new let's pickup stop, point. Let's stop there. Let's stop there. So we ended up, long story short, we had to actually shoot through another part of Rapids real quick. And, and Miles and Justin were not up to it. So me and Carson actually took all the rafts through. And we just took multiple trips. And, you know. No, no, no. Wait, wait, up. wait. Wait, so we did that, but that's not even that big a story. So the the thing was no, we no. Can't so be, we, we we did. That. We got to make well, time yeah, here, Mike. Yeah, yeah. The, the camp, yeah. So we camped at that really shitty spot that we had to clear the whole area out. But then, oh uh, no, that hasn't come up yet. That's way that's oh. no. So we camped. We camped. We portaged a ways. We got to Devil's Principle, and we said, "Oh, what is this mess?" And we portaged up around it on that high cliff where you almost fell off. And then we dropped down into that little buggy flat and we camped there for night. And then the next morning, and this is a thing, like you eat up a whole day trying to just do recon work. So Miles, yep. just Miles, oh, Mike man, and I left camp the next morning. Like, like this is an all day event just to make five miles down this river. And now we're at this like impasse. And so the three of us head up, this is where the two ridges meet the river, and it's just like we can't portage up this, but we're going to go see if we can portage up it. And we bushwhack through all these alders up on top. There's grass taller than you are that you can't see past. It, once you get up on top of the alders, the grass is like seven feet tall. You can't see anything, so there's no way to judge what's ahead. And we just kept pushing through all this stuff. Meanwhile, there's plenty of bear and moose sign. And what we spent burn up half a day deciding we can't portage it would have taken nope. forever and 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 so we and, had to come back portage. down it's like well how do we get down this river and so that's when we cut we started cutting birch trees the straightest ones we could find and we lashed all three rafts together with birch poles three birch poles across three rafts lashed them down we deflated the raft down to like low psi lashed them reflated the rafts up it was tight it was solid it was this big it was like a mardi gras float down the river and like a barge. <laughs> it was a barge it was stable but it was like it wasn't gonna flip but it was like you have no control over where you're going you're just at the mercy of the river and we all jumped in and took off that morning and, and uh, it was crazy. We were making good time. We got past Devil's Punch Bowl. We portaged around Devil's Punch Bowl. We put in just below it. There's a few little rocks. I mean, you're just on you're just on edge the whole time because like everything that you see ahead, you're like, how you know, you gotta you gotta move, you gotta do something. Um, Mike and I are on on the outer boats with paddles. Miles and Justin are on the big boat in the middle with uh, poles to push off the of rocks and stuff. And we're just trying to stay alive <laughs> and get down the river to where we can freaking move on. <laughs> and so we're making good time. Everything's looking good. And it's just as soon as you get that feeling like, whew, we can relax. You're like, oh, what is this? And it's this like little unique feature where there's this like high cut bank on the left. And we're seeing stuff sticking up out of the water in the middle of the river. And we're trying to paddle to get away from it, but the 
the middle of the river is just like doing what it wants with us. And it takes us right up on top of this jagged, silty, rocky looking bouldery thing in the middle of the river. It's kind of unique. Most of the boulders we're seeing in the middle of the river are like round river rock type looking things. Boulders have been there for a while. You just go over them. This one's different. It's like jagged and sandy, gravelly looking. And we get hung up on it. The middle boat, miles and Justin's middle boat is hung up on it and Mike and I are on the sides and we're all connected by these birch poles and we're like, we're stuck in the back swamping and everybody's climbing to the front to keep the back from swamping and it's like, what do you do? And it's all happening real fast and Miles gets out of the boat, climbs onto this rocky thing that we're stuck on. And we're all trying to kind of dislodge it and, you know, jostle on our weight around and we're, we're hung up in the backs trying to swamp. And, and meanwhile, stuff is falling off the cliff all around us and splashing, like almost hitting us. And it's chunks of rocks off this cliff. And it's flood conditions. at the time I didn't, what's that? Because it was flood conditions. That's why the, the bank was, yeah, water's just rocks. flowing off a hillside. Everything's everywhere. just falling apart. You know, it's been dry and now it's wet and everything's just eroding. And I didn't realize that at the time, but what we were hung up on, it didn't make sense to me because what we were hung up on when Miles was up out of the front of the boat and standing on this rocky gravelly thing, it was like falling apart under his feet. And, and you know, you can't really think about it at the time, but you're like... That doesn't make any sense. That thing wouldn't last a minute in the river. You know, it's going to get, like, pulled apart in a million pieces and washed away. Well, that was a chunk of the cliff that had just fallen in there. That's why it was still there. And he's up on – he's out of the boat on top of this thing, and I tried to get up on there with him, but it didn't work, and I hop back in, and it's like, what do we do? We got this folding saw that's all – you know, you break it down every time you get in the raft, and we had to uh, put it together – this, it's this sweet little, what, Swiss folding saw with, like, razor, it's like laser engraved blade or something, and, like, this aluminum frame, super light, nice little pack saw. It came in super handy so many times. But we had to cut the lash poles, the poles that were holding us all together. And so I started cutting mine, and I got through the first two, and I had to get to the third. And I, <laughs> I'm, like, getting almost all the way through the third pole, and they're still hung up on the rocks, but I'm about to free myself. And I'm like tossing this bow saw to them as I fall into my raft to just be at the mercy of the river going around this rock as I freed myself. And they're, and I'm like, I hope you guys live. And that, Oh my God, that was the most, that was the peak of the, we might die stuff. Well, no, no, no. There's one other time. <laughs> <laughs> and then so you so Carson breaks free and I'm thinking man I I really hope that he doesn't you know die now because he's in this is in his own little raft at the mercy of these rapids and and we break free because he broke free and uh my my little yeah you guys swung off the other side around. you swung off on the main channel and but I forgot to mention Meanwhile, Mike's raft is taking on way more water than anybody because we don't know it at the time, but he has punctured half of his raft. He's only got half the flotation of his raft, so he's stuck attached to this other raft. Otherwise, there's no floating. 
Yep. Sorry. And so we go, we go, <laughs> we go through, no, we go through a few more corners and I'm like, man, my, the outer tube of my raft is deflated. Like there's, you know, and so we stopped, we all stopped and, and we unlashed my rafts from the middle or from miles and Justin's raft and actually flipped it around to where the flat part of my raft was lashed up against their raft so that the outer tube was still good and then yeah. it kept going. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Now that, that works pretty well. It yeah. Well. And, and then the, the idea was that later on we would patch my raft. Which, yeah, uh, you had a patch kit. We had a patch kit with yep. us. Yeah. But when yeah. you look at the and patch we, patch kit instructions, you're like, oh, this is like a day in camp with like ten of well, the fire, keeping yeah. everything dry and clean. And but we and, we would have been good. We would have been fine. But then other circumstances took took that option away. <laughs> what was and, that? Uh, was I, the sweeper. Oh, we lost, yeah, we that lost, sweeper. Uh, yeah, we lost the attachment. We lost the inflator, the inflator attachment. Yes. We couldn't even inflate it if we yes. wanted to. Yes, that's what happened. <laughs> that sweeper. I felt bad. I felt like I'm partially responsible. I was a scout, and I, I'm in my little maneuverable raft. I'm up ahead, and there's this real gnarly turn, and it splits into these two side channels, and the the one on the left you don't want to take because it has a sweeper over it, but you gotta you gotta swing hard towards the left to avoid the rock wall on the right. And so as soon as they come around the corner, I'm like waving them over the left, like get over, get over, get over. And Miles just starts paddling like a madman, and he like, no, no, no. I'm like, oh Miles, shit. Miles had a pole, remember? He and he and Miles had that's a right. Pole He's still he operating on a pole. Yeah, and he was up in the front of the of the big raft, and he he was worried about hitting that rock wall. Which, whatever, if we hit that, yeah. we just bounce off it like we always do, you know. But he yeah, but we already popped so, one raft. Yeah, yeah, I was worried about it too. So he pushed really hard off that wall with that that pole, and it pushed us into the and wrong it, channel. Yeah, the left channel that had this like just the worst sized sweeper it was like a foot off the water a big heavy cottonwood right across like just parallel to the water just worst I think that was, sweeper that was that and was you guys just like boom, sucked into it what's that yeah i think that was a spruce that was across it it might have been um, spruce it was, it was it was some dense wood yeah i lost my and, pocket and knife we, we lost the we were cutting straps. Well, so, we were pushing. So we, oh we god, swung. that was a mess. So Carson was already. He was already. You guys immediately swamped. Right. Yeah. Carson was already on the bank, like waiting for us. We took the wrong channel, hit that sweeper, swamp like just swamped right away. And our raft was just kind of, or our two rafts that were strapped together were kind of just stagnant in the water, like but uh, but submerged. And Justin, who's afraid of water <laughs> like immediately got up on the on top of the sweeper and crawled up to the <laughs> oh my the god island. i forgot about this shit and, was, that was yeah. nuts man and 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 miles is like going crazy I, i'm just standing there knee deep in water in my raft like oh my god we got to figure out a way out of this and 
Miles is starting to cut straps and freeing gear and throwing gear, like throwing dry bags and, and stuff up onto the island. And Carson, Carson is grabbing everything that's getting thrown and like, you know, making sure it get makes it onto the, onto land. And, uh, anyway, like, you know, over time we free up the rafts, but, uh, we got all the gear off them, but the rafts are still stuck. Right. And we had I, to push the, we had to push your raft. We had to cut the we had to cut the birch poles to get them separate yes. because we couldn't get the two rafts well, no, out no, of the no. situation we, together. We didn't We cut the we, we cut no, the birch we, poles we or we untied them. We we cut the we cut the ties. We didn't cut the poles, we cut the the five fifty cord that was flat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Out. That's what we did. And and yeah, and, and so I, I looked at Miles, because Miles is going wild with the knife. Like, oh, my God, we got to save all our gear. And I was like, I looked at Miles, I was like, we, if we lose these wraps, we are screwed. I was like, we need to save these wraps. <laughs> because we pushed the, way the down smaller the one underneath the sweeper, right? Like, we, yep, we, we, and, we, and then we got the larger one over the top, I think. Mm-hmm. Does that sound right? Yeah, and just... I think Justin caught the smaller raft. We it, it went yep, under the Yeah, he was down there waiting to retrieve on the side yep. channel. And then we tied a tied some kind of rope to the the bigger one and flipped it over the top. And then it took us a yep, while to yep, get everything so that we couldn't situated. lose it. Because he barely yeah. caught the smaller one. It was like it was like a good catch. Like he had to like make extra effort to make the catch. Yeah, all, all the while there's like there's like situations where he had to line rafts and throw rocks over rivers. I mean, there's like there's a lot we haven't told, even though we're getting into the weeds <laughs> here. Um, we're, we're and you guys are, like, you like are believe it or not, we're glancing over shit. I said that you guys are moose hunting, uh, you know, every other day or what? No, no, no. <laughs> we, we 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 haven't been moose hunting since camp. We made it. We got to get to a place where we can freaking moose hunt. Sorry, I thought I know you thought this was gonna be a podcast about moose hunting. <laughs> oh, but you know, you know what made me They're feel better about this? Right now, James, they're surviving. <laughs> what what made me feel better about this? Let me let me let me let me interject here. I think this is eye opening. So after all of this, we're back at Mike's, and and with wisdom, Mike scheduled us to be up there for a few days afterwards in case we had to cut up meat, package meat, and ship it, all that stuff. So we had a couple days to kill since we didn't have any meat. And he's got all of the Alaskan Bowhunter magazine stuff. Like what? Well, how, how many years was that produced? Two or three years? Oh, so you're talking about uh, the that, Alaskan Bowman? Yes. The, the, the Jay Massey... That the magazine that Jay Massey kind of uh, spearheaded and got going. It, it's yeah. amazing. This is stuff that nobody reads. I had no idea it even exists out there, and I re- tried to read all the trad archery stuff. And these old magazines that are like few in print and all that stuff. Like Mike collects that stuff. He's he's a collector of books and written word, all that. And you start reading these stories, you're like, oh my god. And then, but but that's where I'm. That's what I'm getting to reading these stories about Jay Massey, like, like if I read Jay Massey's books, I'm like, he's an accomplished Alaskan bow hunter. You go back and read these magazine articles and you're like, holy shit, they were making all the mistakes we were making. So that made me feel really good after the fact, like they went through the trials and error that we went through. And it made me feel a lot better about how 
little moose hunting we did. Like, yeah, we learned a lot. We lo- we learned so much that we can apply to future moose hunting. And I mean, I mean, we learned so much, and uh, and we got to play. Well, and, so yeah, was four and guys like, too uh, much, or was it like was that too like because the other two guys gave up at some point or? No, they didn't no, give up. No. And Stan Miles, the old timer in Oregon, says that three guys is a perfect moose hunting trip. And he hunted with Jay and and uh, Vern Strugel and I don't know, for whatever reason he said three guys is a perfect moose so, hunting float trip. So how much, like, looking onto the future, was this just like a total anomaly because of the rain coupled with the dry summer, and you guys just got downpour the whole time? And that canyon would have been tough no matter what. No matter what, that canyon would have been right. not good. Yeah. So, so besides the canyon, um, everything else was what you would normally like. If you read anything about the Moose John and all that stuff, uh, besides the canyon, everything else would have been something that you might encounter. And how many, how you many know? days did it take you guys to get through the canyon? Oh, just one. Oh, one day. Well, yeah, one on paper, but I mean, theoretically, I, I mean, we kind of ate up some time on that. Yeah, um, because we didn't know. But well, well, uh, we weren't. I, and I, I, I don't want to make this sound I, like I'm not. I'm not trying to. Mike did his paperwork and and he did exactly what we were looking for he tried to find something that nobody else was doing like it's so easy to go do something that somebody else is doing but that's yeah. no fun in that yeah. we wanted to do something that nobody else had done and so there's gonna be you know it's, yeah. it's not gonna be perfect and and uh i think this this spot we learned a lot we got a place where we could drop hunt out of it and we got a place we might be able to gold mine and <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, we learned so much on this thing, and uh, ah, shit. So, you know, you I don't the canyon. Yeah, you know, and that's that's how I, you know. I feel like I feel like I'm. I didn't get a moose, but I feel like I got a few years worth of, of moose hunting experience. You know, float river hunting experience, and 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 that was again. You know the. It made me feel so good to come back to Mike's warm, dry house after this crazy adventure with his sister and his mom and his wife all taking care of us and cooking us up caribou and moose. And we just got to sit back and drink coffee and beer and read magazines and read about Jay Massey's adventures. And, and those guys, when they, when they started out, they made the same mistakes. It made me feel so good. Because it's easy to look at what those guys accomplish in the end and think, oh, my God, these guys are gods. And I'm not taking away anything from what they did, but it's like you got to start somewhere, you know. And and that's why I want folks, you know, just just go for it. Yeah, you only yeah, and like at, yeah, after, uh, after we got through all that really rough stuff, um, we were trying to find... Then we hit more rust. Yeah, well, and it wasn't as bad as a canyon and all that kind of stuff, but it was still, you know, it was... Your your stress levels were high the whole time, and Carson was ahead of yes. us. And, and, what, and what Carson didn't, say, didn't mention yet is he had a... 
he had a, a slit going widthwise across the bottom of his floor and his raft, and it was like affecting quite a bit. And he was so well. He I had I had about four inches down. of water in the bottom of my raft anytime. Yeah, and and so, and I I had to be strapped to those other guys' raft because my my one of my because you know, <laughs> your raft was deflated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One of my one of my tubes was was shot, and I couldn't. There was no no uh, there was no choice of patching it because we uh, we had lost the attachment to the to the hose that inflated my raft because of course that raft had a, a different attachment um yeah there's two different attachments oh, for uh, amongst the three rafts there's two different nozzles to uh, get your air into the raft yeah. and we lost one during that second that big sweeper event we didn't yeah, lose and, much and, but we lost something crucial <laughs> Well, and we lost the freaking birch bark moose call that I had made. <laughs> and my, my Kershaw pocket knife that I carried for at least two or three years, which is good for me on a pocket knife, but yeah. Um, yeah so, but anyway, we, um, you know, we lost. Me, that stuff wait, 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 wait. So at, we're already, we're already in contact with the air service, right? We haven't talked about that. You're already oh, making yeah. a phone call. Saying like we need to reevaluate our pickup point. Yeah, because it took us a little bit longer to get downstream. So I was like, "Hey, there's some so there's some lakes around uh, along the way, and is is any of these lakes optional for us to like take our all our gear and our rafts to and get picked up?" And the first one, they said, "No, it's it's." Like we could land, like if we were taking you into there, we could land in there, you know, and drop you off. But uh, there's too many trees right around the lake to actually take off of the load. And that's actually, we camped right, you know, about a quarter mile from there after that whole canyon business. But the next lake down the way, they said, yes, we can take you out in two trips. Um, and so we reevaluated originally we were going to actually get picked up in the river that we ran into, but, um, because of the flood conditions, we were actually able to pick up several miles before that. We just had to go up over a ridge and hike all our stuff up over a ridge and to a lake and get taken two trips out of instead of one trip from the, uh, the main river. Um, well, sounds like a hell of an adventure. You guys are going to go get after it again this year. Well, and so listen, listen to this. So Carson, Carson is going on a hunt with Clay Hayes on Kodiak Island this fall. But I've oh, invited Car, I've I've invited Carson on a elk. I, I drew an elk tag on Edelin Island. Um, uh, you know, for the month of September before before his. Kodiak that would be and uh he's you know waffling on it right now but uh dude it's during our general archery season in oregon (laughs) yeah but and my interest rates on my credit cards are going up like daily it's crazy like i cannot keep putting these hunts on my credit cards like at first i thought fred eichler was like a good model i thought uh i thought whatever i thought whatever's made you rich they don't what do you mean? No, we're selling a ton of wood arrow shafts, but we have to pay fifty-two, 
cents per shaft excise tax, and it all goes out the window after you pay all your expenses. Well, you got well, caviar. Here's the deal. So, what? Carson, I've got the whole month of September to hunt those elk. And I told Carson, I don't care what September. <laughs> yeah, the whole week of September, or the whole month of September. I don't care what two weeks it is. You choose it. I don't care. But uh, I've I, I invited Carson and Chad Slagle on that 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 hunt, and uh, it, you can you can afford two weeks out of your your elk season. Plus, you can hunt. No, wolves. I can't. You can hunt. Wolves. It sounds awesome. I'm gonna try and do it. I'm gonna try and do it. You can hunt Sitka blacktail. Uh, on the same exact tags that you have from Kodiak, and you can I know, I know. And Carson's you gonna... might be able to hunt blacktail or uh, black bear, um, depending. On, I gotta, I gotta call the fishing game and and see if they're gonna allow non-resident black t- or black bear on that on as well. But um, if they are, keep me posted. Too. Yeah, so. That sounds good. Isn't that island full of black bear? What's that? Isn't that island full of black bear? It is. And and I'm hunting with a self bow that Carson gave me too, so um he needs to come. Well you you better bring a Well hey, I gave you that self bow <laughs> expecting that you'd send me that shed and you haven't sent me that shed yet. Uh, actually, I've been planning. <laughs> I've been planning on it, but uh, I keep forgetting to find. I know. I keep thinking it's gonna like show up in my mail someday. That, that was a nice shed, man. <laughs> that was a that was a big one. I've I've still got it, but it, it's hard to find a box that it fits in. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> Remember our fiasco no. at the airport? You're like, oh, hey, it's uh, Anchorage. You don't have to be there early. And you, like, drove me there, like, last minute. And then we're, like, trying to get this moose shed through. And it's all in a plastic <laughs> fucking garbage bag with duct tape. And they're like, who the hell are you guys? And I had to cut it out and hand it to you in line. Remember that? <laughs> yep, yep. I remember Yeah, that you got to ship that to me. You owe me that. Oh yeah, and I'll go. If you ship me that, if you ship me that, if you ship me that shit, I will hunt Etolan with you. Third week. Third third week. Do we, James? It's agreement. It's agreement. It's up to you. Do we have that recorded? Yep, yep. It's on there. Oh shit! You're you're coming to Etolan Island with me then? I don't care. Credit cards. That doesn't matter, right? (laughs) (laughs) Only the month. Well, you can get uh, you can oh, get plane buyer plane ticket now. You can get them real cheap right now. I know that's you what I'm can. thinking. Like I, I'm glad I put off buying a plane ticket. Yeah. Hey, why don't we? Uh, I know we don't. We haven't looked up our Patreon because we forgot to do that before we started. But why don't we hit Carson up for some Sherwood shafts and we'll send those out to whoever we uh, go in there and draw a name and we will get a hold of you and uh, hey, put it on I want I want to clear the air here. <laughs> Um, now you brought it up, James, uh, we got a few guys that have been asking me like what our ties are with TriQuest. They think we like give you guys tons of money. We don't. (laughs) (laughs) The truth is Sherwood Shafts gives 
Bob Borland and James Orr, three dozen shafts per year. That's <laughs> that's how we sponsor them. It's nothing. These guys are working their asses off without pay. Like, help them out, man. This is good stuff. And, like, okay, so 15% off. We're going to come up with the code. If you're a Patreon member, for sure with shafts, uh, 15% off. We'll come up with the some sort of discount code for the website. And, uh, it's only for, it's only for track quest, Patreon members, help them out. These guys are doing the real thing. We appreciate you guys. Patreon supporting us. It does help, you know, with our expenses and all our equipment and all that stuff. And, uh, we got some, uh, some, some good stuff lined up and, we will uh, get you help uh, put out some content because we know that everybody's hunkering down right now and the crazy world we live in. And we will try to get the traditional bow hunting train back up and running here. Yeah, heck yeah. Yeah, so you, you, you guys are going to be picking Mike Harris as your uh, as your winner, right? It's like a small print that says like, you're not eligible for this week's sweepstakes. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I, well, I, uh, I do, I do want to take, take an opportunity at least to, to pitch a, a couple of things like, you know, um, the professional bow hunter society, PBS, um, man, what a, what a great organization, you know, uh, just like Monty Brownie always, always posts or pitches whenever he's, He's on something, uh, great, great group of people. And, uh, I'm actually, I'm a director of the Alaskan Bow Hunters Association. It's not a traditional only, uh, organization, obviously, but we're trying to get more, more bow hunting opportunities in Alaska, uh, which we don't have very many compared to the lower 48. And so you guys up in Alaska, I saw a proposal come through and you guys are working on, extending moose season for archery only right because the season ends on the 20th in most areas isn't there some areas they're trying to extend it till the end of the month yeah so we were trying to uh for so the way it works is the board of game has meetings you know pertaining to certain regions of the state every year and this this year it was the interior and Eastern Arctic region. And we were trying to get an extended moose season, 10 days on the backside of all of the general seasons for moose. And a That'd be huge. Season, right. And, and, and a season, uh, a 10 day extension on the doll sheep season preceding all of the general seasons in that region. Uh, both of them oh my failed, um, but part of the reason for that being is they just weren't detailed enough. And uh, th- this next year, we're having meetings uh, for the South Central uh, region, and we've got some other proposals that we are coming up with that are that are more detailed and that are going to be hopefully a lot easier to pass, but you know, more to come on that, but um, they're going to be bow hunting only proposals. 
and eventually I, I would like to see some traditional only uh, seasons come up, you know, may, maybe mirroring that, uh, that heritage hunt thing. Maybe we could do some kind of, uh, you know, Fred bear, little Delta thing or a uh, Jay Massey moose John thing or something in the future for traditional only. Um, but first of all, we got to get some just bow hunting only bow hunting opportunity in Alaska. So tell us more right. about how to support that organization and where guys can find them. So it, you know, uh, akbowhunters.com is the, is the website. Um, you can become a member for $35 a month or, or a year, uh, or, you know, $500 for a life membership. But, uh, um, it's pretty easy to become a member. I was at the PBS gathering a couple weeks ago and I got several, uh, you know, I got quite a few members there. Um, but, uh, pretty easy to support. The, the biggest thing is whenever we do have a, um, a proposal where we're trying to get, you know, uh, support for to send comments to the board of game and, and, like this last this last go around, we had those two proposals plus the anti crossbow uh, thing, and, and it did, the anti crossbow thing did end up getting shut down, thankfully. Um, yeah. Getting involved at your state levels is huge, and if you guys, even if you're not from Alaska, you can support those organizations. You know, twenty, thirty bucks a year, uh, it makes a difference. So, get involved. Yeah, it does. And it, you know, if, if you, you know, if you, if, if Carson, James, and Bob, if if you guys all become uh, members of uh, the Alaskan Bowhunter Association, I'll come. I'll become a member of TAO and uh, and uh, I'll support. Oh I'll shit! Support all these call outs. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. There you go. So um, definitely, uh, I'd like to mirror what Bob said and. You know, guys should support their local state organizations. Um, you know, and uh, state level where it organizations, happens. Compton's and PBS, and you know, there's a lot of great, great places to put your focus. And I think getting uh, the membership is uh, helpful, and having a number on that ballot's helpful. But also just getting involved and um, yeah, yeah, that's that's awesome, guys. And um, anyone listening to this at home. Uh, going to Alaska with big, long, homemade knives with no bear spray, no gun, uh, <laughs> in an area that you don't even know. You're, just don't do what these guys do. Just don't do it. Just, just <laughs> try it. Try it out. <laughs> you might have fun. I love you guys. So much fun. Uh, we had a great time having you guys on, and I'm glad you guys are still alive, and I hope you guys... Uh, live to tell us another good Alaskan adventure next year. Well, hopefully. Yeah. I hope we live long enough to kill moose. (laughs) Yeah. I I hope, I hope we can get James and Bob to come at least on a blacktail hunt or something, you know, and (laughs) this guy has it figured out someday. 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 No, no. Tomorrow. Do it. (laughs) You know, it's it's really it's really not that expensive. Like it isn't compared to I mean car repairs compared compared to to, Well, we'll see if this coronavirus crashes the economy. (laughs) 
We'll see how expensive it is, right? We're all going to be yeah, fine man. real soon. <laughs> yeah, you, you know the way, I, like we're the, going way to the way the way I look at it is, uh, you only live once, you know. And uh, look, look at Jay Massey, you know, like you might as well get it get it done while while you're alive and uh, and have all those fun experiences. And I, I'd love to have you know you James or Bob or you know guys like you guys come up and experience some of this stuff while you can so well here's to uh caviar riches and golden bow hunter dreams Uh, yeah (laughs) on the the hidden hidden moose hunt sounds like a good time guys uh yeah once again we appreciate having you on uh thank you thanks thanks for having us guys we appreciate the support and keep winning your face. Pick a spot. Frosty before the sun comes up, the geese are on the wing. The deer are fat and happy, no, they don't suspect a thing. I can't take it any longer, I've got to breathe some air. The only cure for what I've got is a week or so out there. I've got Nimrod neurosis, longbows on the brain. I'm an outdoor junkie through and through, hunts my middle name. Eyes are on the target, broadheads all by true. Can't wait till I can get outside so I can play the view. 